congregation, let's read together from the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 35. Questions and answers 96 through 98, page 72. Question 95. What does God require in the second commandment? Answer that we in no wise represent God by images, nor worship him in any other way than he has commanded in his word. Question 97. Are images then not at all to be made? Answer God, neither can nor may be represented by any means. But as to creatures, though they may be represented, yet God forbids to make or have any resemblance of them either in order to worship them or to serve God by them. Question 98. But may not images be tolerated in the churches as books of the laity? Answer no. For we must not pretend to be wiser than God, who will have his people taught not by dumb, dim, dumb images, but by the lively preaching of his word. So far, knowing God's image is the theme for tonight. Knowing God's image, three thoughts. This image is invisible. In the second place, this image is in the Bible. And in the third place, his express image is Christ. Knowing God's image, the image is invisible. His image is in the Bible. His image, his express image is Christ. Congregation, it was 40 days after Moses had left, had left and went up to Mount Horeb. 40 days and the people of Israel were waiting and became impatient. Moses was their leader. He had led them out of the house of bondage from slavery. They respected him. They followed him. They had crossed the Red Sea. They traveled to this Mount Sinai. And God let the mountain smoke and rumble and tremble. And Moses had put a fence around it so that nobody would come close and would touch the mount. He told the people to stay away from that mount. And he left. And now the people are wondering, did he fall? Is he not able to come back? Did they get lost? Did they run out of water? Has an animal killed them? And it was so uneasy in the wilderness that having left Egypt and no leadership, had 40 days waiting. There is that Moses. They became irritated and impatient. So therefore they approached Moses' brother, Aaron. He was, must have been busy before his tent. And they're demanding he would listen to them. It was a very dangerous situation for Aaron as well. And they said unto him, Up! Up, make us gods, which shall go before us. Come on. So they encouraged him, up. Up, make us gods. Now it says gods, plural. But the original word can also be translated singular. God. So make us a god, which shall go before us. For as for this Moses, the man that brought us out of the land of Egypt, we what not, we don't know what is become of them. And Aaron was a man pleaser. He had not he didn't have a backbone. 
He was not a strong character. And he always felt danger. It is also dangerous to listen to the people always as a pastor, as a leader. But he, he listened to the people. And they were impatient, right? And they rebelled against authority. And they, they decided to map out their own destiny in a way. They were doubting God. And Aaron, what should he do? So he said, okay, okay. He did not dare to disagree. And Aaron said to them, break off the golden earrings. There was lots of jewelry in Israel at the time because they had been receiving it from the Egyptians. Bring it off and bring it to me. All the jewelry. And they did. No problem. So Aaron took all the jewelry and accepted it. And he knew a few people, goldsmiths, who would be able to also make something beautiful of this. And he was thinking of a bull calf, an apis. They'd seen apis images in Egypt all the time. Young steel calf. There was the symbol of being young and strong and fearless and alive and an icon of virility, freshness, power. So they like that. And the goldsmith, some say they first made a calf of wood, a frame, and then gold plated from all different sides. Another said, no, he, he was melting the gold. At least they also had graving tools, and it worked well. And finally they had a golden calf, maybe a foot wide, foot long, not that big. They'd seen those calves in Egypt and they were familiar with them. So they placed that golden calf on a socket on a podium and they said, these be thy gods or thy God. O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. What? Did that God bring them up out of Egypt? Did the golden calf? No. But the golden calf was a way to worship the God who also delivered them out of Egypt. They only wanted to modernize the worship service. They wanted to update it to be more, more modern, more the way they liked it, because there was nothing they could see, and it was so hard for them. Did they, 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 they even see Moses? They didn't see anything. No calf, no God, no images, so empty and vague, not tangible, not something they can relate to. And when Aaron saw this, when they saw the, this, this image, and when he heard people say that these are the gods, so Israel was brought out of the land of Egypt, he built an altar before it. That's serious. He built an altar for that, for that golden calf, or at least something related to the golden calf. And Aaron made the proclamation. He really took leadership and said, Tomorrow is a feast to the Lord. See that? Tomorrow a feast to who? To the Lord. We have four capitals. To the Almighty One. To Jehovah. To the I am that I am. So they did not deny Jehovah. They did not get rid of that God. They did not want to offend him. 
the only one to change the way they were serving him. So they needed some extra things, some help. And as you know, the first commandment is about serving the wrong God. Who is no God? Serving idols. But the second commandment is about how to serve God. It's not allowed to make images, to serve the true God, to serve Jehovah. They had a feast tomorrow. They did not blatantly serve a different God, but served him a little different. And the next morning, they were busy. Early already. They rose up early on the, mor- the morrow and offered burnt offerings and brought peace offerings. Something alive, right? Burnt offerings all for the Lord. Yes, for the Lord. And peace offerings to also eat together at tables. And having a real celebration of something to have really a good time together. And the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Offerings, religious meetings, almost the Lord's Supper, and then drinking. What did they drink? What did they eat? What does that mean? Rose up to play. Some say that they were just dancing. And some say that they also were immoral. That and rose up to play means immorality. I'm not so sure what it means. But they had a good time together. And they could not wait. So they're in a hurry for, for all the excitement. And they sacrificed the Lord. Yes, the Lord, but with a golden calf. Most things were the same, and they only added the young boy. I had to think about that atmosphere of drinking and eating and dancing. And I thought, is that what the major league pub is? Is that also the dancing and the drinking and the contact with each other and the having a good time and Sundays in church? I would like to see someday. Maybe someday we'll walk in there and see what it's like. So they had experienced much unity and were so happy, not so boring as before. They were not looking for God. They were looking for excitement to feel good, to silence their own consciences. Celebrations. But did they miss then the joy in God's service? I would think so. Did they not enjoy the Passover meal? Did they not enjoy the gifts of the Lord? The Lord was very offended. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them. And I will make of thee a great nation. So the Lord was so offended. Not because they were serving another God. But they were serving him in a different way. And the Lord said, do it my way, not your way. It was a matter of principle. We may make images. We have pictures. We have pictures of people that passed away. Maybe you have a prominent place in our home. And we look at that picture. There's nothing wrong with that. But what's wrong is to have pictures and images and things we use to serve God that bring us closer to Him. For example, I mentioned it before some years ago, I believe, 
of in December people having a little stall with a little baby in there, a little little doll in there, and take that doll out of the crib and just hold it. And that, that, that is Jesus then, right? And that helps them understand the gospel. And the Lord is offended by that. He does not want to teach his church with dumb images, but only with the word of the living God. So making an image always influences the perception of that God as well, right? When you use the example of a bull, a young bull, a young steel calf, strong and fearless, then you give an impression of who God is. And that's quite one-sided. And if you have a Mary image in church with the baby Jesus in her arms, and you look at that, you, you, have a, you get an impression of who God is, and it is not right either. Therefore, we must be careful and respect the Lord. Some overestimate baptism, and that's also a sin against the second commandment. And others overestimate the Lord's Supper. That is their golden calf. But God is all wise, all good, all righteous, and so much more. He is infinite. He is invisible. And he desires to reveal himself in the Word, in the Bible. The Lord is also a jealous God, you read, right? He's jealous. He does not, he cannot stand it when people do it in a different way. He wants to be worshipped his way and not our way. To many, the Ten Commandments are not good enough. And they add laws, human traditional laws. And they, they, they think it is helpful in serving the Lord. It isn't. And others take laws away. Like the Pharisees added a whole system of all different laws, right? And they felt great about that. They felt we can serve the Lord better if we are so precise on little things. And others, the opposite. Some have extra sacraments. Some say, I can serve the Lord also without the church. I can do that by myself. I can serve the Lord the way I think is right. I can serve the Lord in nature. I go for a walk on Sundays. I don't go to church. And I go to the beach. And I look at the the sun and enjoy my life. And I praise God for that. That's my way of serving the Lord. That's your way. It's their way, not God's way. Also in the New Testament, we see that some make circumcision mandatory for Christians. It is adding something. And at the Synod of Antioch in Acts 15, that is condemned. That is not the right thing to do. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, as it's said, with this second commandment. So, that's quite an emphasis on the second commandment. It's the longest, it's the longest commandment. You would think it's a minor commandment. It's a long one. Visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children. What? So the children suffer because of that? Because if dad is doing something wrong with how, the way he services, he worships the Lord, and now the children are guilty of the same thing, and they bear that iniquity, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children, and the fourth, third, or fourth generation of them that hate me. What this means, 
is that children often imitate their parents. And they have the example of their fathers and the mother. And they, they do what they do. So when dad's drinking, they drink, is an example, right? When dad is sometimes drunk, they sometimes drunk. And that goes a long way in the generations, the stages. Because we speak with our example. That is so dangerous. Fathers, mothers, not only about drinking, but all, about all other things. The children look at you. And they, they think it's all right what you do. Or at least not, not too bad. Kind of acceptable. Or maybe not even acceptable, but you can yet get away with that. And at the same time, it says, and thousands of generations of them that fear me. Mercy for them. Mercy unto thousands of them that worship the Lord, that serve the Lord, and obey the Lord, and know the Lord. See, the Lord is a covenant-keeping God. He is the God of the families. He often works in families and into many thousand generations. That's also encouraging, isn't it? That the Lord works in the families. He continues. That's what it says here. Thousands of them. He is encouraging that the Lord doesn't stop. He continues. He's serving, he's saving a people for his own glory. So that image of God is invisible. We cannot make it. God cannot be pictured. And it's wrong to do that. And there's also no need for that. Brings us to the second thought. His image is in the Bible. Congregation, would you like to see God? Would you like to meet him someday? Would you like to be close to him? How can it be? How can you encounter God and be close and see him? You can't see him with your physical eye. It's impossible. Is there another way to see him, to get to know him? You want to? You want to get to know the Lord? Is that your hunger? Do you feel guilty, empty? Thirsty for God? Well, the Lord has a way of revealing himself. And he reveals himself in his word. That's it. That's it. In his word. There's two times mentioned in the, in the Catechism. At the end of answer one. No worship him in any other way than he has commanded in his word. And also in 98 ends it worked. But the lively preaching of his word. You got emphasis on the word. So we absolutely need the Bible. Younger ones, older ones, elderly, we need the Bible. We really need the Bible to get to know him. That's the only means. Well, besides nature. But the only means to get to, to know the Lord in a saving way. So reading the Bible is extremely important. Extremely important. Your life depends upon it. To study it, to meditate it, to memorize it. God reveals himself in his word, and we don't need images. Don't need them. We have the Bible. But then you need to read it, of course. Then you need to know what it says. You put effort into it. You just study it. It's the means of God to get to know him. So being in the Word every day can transform people. And God uses his Word to draw people, to shine on them, to say, here I am. Do you see me? Here I am. Or with words like, look at me, I am the door. 
I am the good shepherd. I am the living water. I am the vine. See all those pictures? Pictures in the Bible? Revealing God, revealing Christ. That's how God's people get to know the Lord. By, by the Bible. Let me mention ten reasons to read the Bible. And I hope that some of you who don't read the Bible yet, what? In our church? I am afraid that some people don't have time at breakfast because they have to work early and they have quickly a bite and they have no time to read the Bible. In the afternoon for lunch, they are somewhere else in the restaurant, so they don't read the Bible. And at night, yes, they do. What is it? Two, three minutes? And they just rattle it off, and just, that's it. I've done my duty. And at night, maybe, but now to read the Bible with an interest, with kind of, I want to know who God is. I want them to reveal himself to me. So, ten reasons and ten aspects, ten thoughts on reading the Bible. And I hope it might motivate not only young people, not only children. Children, do you have your own Bible, your name on it? From scouts or so, or from school or something else. Maybe your name is only in it, or maybe it's just a gift of grandparent. Take that Bible, put it on your nightstand, and promise me to read it every day and to read the portion slowly and, and pray about it. And say, Lord, many don't have a Bible, and I have one. And the minister said that the Lord is using the Bible to get to know him. Oh, Lord, may I know thee. So pray that before you read the Bible and say, Lord, may I understand it. May I hear thy voice. May I receive direction. May I understand a little of it. And, and do your best to understand it, what it says to you about yourself and about God, and about salvation, about the new heart, to start to understand what it means for you. God wants to make pictures in the Bible, to show himself, to reveal himself. So you pray for that, right? Not only young people and children, also middle-aged. They are so busy. And even elderly who have plenty of time may not use the time well to read the Bible. But okay, ten thoughts. Hopefully motivating some, many to start reading the Bible or Take it more seriously. If you don't eat, you die. If you don't read the Bible, there's no life in you. In order to receive life and to maintain that life, you need to eat. And you need to read the Bible. Because I read in Job 23, verse 12, I have esteemed the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. More than my necessary food. You don't read the Bible, you're starving. You're dying. And maybe you have died already. The first one. Secondly, the word of God is meant to save sinners, to deliver people, to rescue people. They're in danger. They're under the curse, under the wrath of God, for their own account. And the talents of Satan, they need, to, they need to be delivered. They need to get out of there, out of that old path of sin. 1 Timothy 4.16, take heed unto thyself and to the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save 
thyself and them that hear thee. Don't be saved? No? Don't be saved? Read, read the Bible. Three. The Word of God is the means to free us from Satan. You talk about it already? The, the, the different aspect? From Satan. John eight thirty two, And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus was also tempted by the devil. Remember Luke 4? Tempted many ways. And three times we read the Lord's answer. Starting with, it is written. It is written. It's written that man shall not live by bread only, but by every word of God. So the Lord Jesus also attacked Satan with the word. Keep in mind, younger ones, older ones, elderly, that Satan is alive and that he is a thousand times more powerful than we are. We need the word of God and the word reveals who God is and also is the means to free us from Satan. The scriptures for are important to receive peace in your heart. Do you like have peace? Maybe you say, I have no peace. There's so much going on. I'm getting stressed and de- depressed and have a hard time. I don't have much peace. If you, if you would know all my problems, I have no peace. I see. If you like peace, with God, with all the circumstances, open that Bible. And ask the Lord, Lord, may I receive the real peace, the real peace, the peace with God. The peace that passes our understanding. The word which God sends preaching peace by Jesus Christ. You read the word of God five sanctifies, or let me say it in a different way the word changes people when used by the Holy Spirit, it's a tool to change people. Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. When people are fighting a certain sin they are addicted to, they are a bosom sin. Do you have a bosom sin? Is some of you bother you and you'd like to get over that? And it's so hard. Well, do you start reading the Bible in the morning? That might be a real help to fight bosom sins. Read that Bible. Do it. Sanctify them through the truth, and for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also might be sanctified through the truth. Would you like joy? The Bible can give a real joy as well. When you see that picture of God, in the Bible, when he reveals himself. You, do, you don't need images. So you read the Bible and you, you, read, you read and you are given to read it and to understand it. It can give such hope and joy and peace, but also joy. A delight. And ye became followers of us, and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy. Of the Holy Ghost. See that? Having received the word in much affliction and yet the joy of the Holy Ghost. May the Lord give it also to the Christians in Ukraine. Receiving the word in much affliction with joy. It's possible. Do not think that the word of God is a sort of bad tasting medicine. 
It's sweet. At least that's what it's meant to be. Psalm 19, more to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and honeycomb. And that's actually quite often in the Bible, the sweetness of the word of God. So read the Bible. God's word protects us against errors. Satan tries to confuse us and tries to teach us a different doctrine in a cunning way. You should know the answer to that, to those false teachers trying to confuse you. So read the Bible for that reason. Because all the scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction. In righteousness. Reading the Bible, important. Point eight the word makes people look ahead, creates expectation, points us to the future, points to the possibility of heaven, and certainly that we deserve hell. And those things become more real than reading the Bible. So read the Bible so that it dawns on you that you, that, that you have a future, that you are created for eternity. The Lord loves it to see people reading the Bible. Right? He has a delight in that. He has said, open your mouth wide and I will fill it. And so the Lord also likes to them people read the scriptures. The word of God also sustains and gives life. Matthew 4, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Would you love to get to know God? You don't mind? You have enough in this life? You, you, you know people, your friends? You don't know him. Read the Bible. For whoso findeth him, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. It's so offensive to not read the Bible, to not study it. You have to. I plead with you that you read the Bible, not for the sake of reading it, but to receive pictures of who God is, that the Lord may reveal himself to you. But it is so difficult, you say. It's so difficult. Well, certain pieces are. But many things are not. Creation, is that difficult? Is it difficult to realize that we are people? We have a soul for eternity? That we are going to die? That we have sinned? There is grace? There is a substitute? There is the Lord Jesus? There are so many kind of simple things that need to be applied to the heart. But you understand that. It is not that difficult. The problem is, if your passion is not God, but something else, then you prefer to study or to be busy with something else that, that attracts you more. And consequently, the Bible is boring. And it's hard to concentrate in reading the Bible if you don't care for God. So the problem is not that the Bible is boring, but that we are not interested. And if you're not interested, realize what you're doing. If making money, having stuff, honor, and feasting is your purpose, then the Bible will only disappoint you. So read it and pray about it. He has never said, seek me in vain. 
never said that. Seek me in vain. Plead, thou hast given the Bible, Lord. Thou hast inspired the Bible, Lord. Reveal thyself. Pray about it. You know the example, right? It's no known example that just pops up in my mind right now. Young people at catechism probably remember it. In the olden days, it was a minister who came to a farmhouse. There was also a maid, also there for house visitation. And the minister asked her if she was reading the Bible. And she said, I am not. So he said, do you see this golden watch here on my arm? If I come next year and you have read every day your Bible, I will give you this golden watch. Okay, she said, and she smiled. A year later, he came to the same farmhouse, and there was she again. And he said, and? She said, I read the Bible every day. And I don't need your watch. I found something else. I found something more important. Something that gives it life to my soul. I love the Bible now. So she started reading the Bible for the wrong reason. She was not really wholly motivated. But the Lord, he had blessed it. So why don't you begin to read the Bible if you don't? I study that. Why don't you start with John? You're not so used to it. Why don't you use Matthew Henry still to study Bible to explain a few verses and do it every day, or the explanation of J.C. Ryle on John? Right? Do it. You cannot possibly lose with that. You can only gain with that. The lively preaching also of the word. A visual message, a visual image, and an image in the Bible. And the third place, the express image is Christ. For God is a spirit. You can see spirits. They are invisible. I mean, how can natural, physical eyes see the invisible God? But just as we have seen, it is possible to see God in the Scriptures. I have to say, though, that the true meeting with God is also impossible because God is a consuming fire. I read in Deuteronomy 4, for the Lord thy God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. So it is good that the Lord does not appear directly to us. We will just be incinerated. Who only has immortality dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto. Who no man has seen or can see. To whom be honor and power everlasting. So we cannot see God. It's impossible. But he reveals himself in the Bible. And in the Bible, one step further, he reveals himself in his Son. In the Lord Jesus. If you know something of Jesus, you care less with all the images. Because those images have no meaning at all. If you know something of the express image of God, which is Christ himself. So let me show you what I mean. And I show you some pictures of Christ. Search the scriptures. See that? It's not new. Not just glance over it. No, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. That's what Jesus said. They testify of me. Friends, old ones, 
read that Bible. Because the Bible testifies of Christ. Remember the two men of Emmaus? His eyes were held closed so that they would not recognize the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus started to explain the Bible to them. Remember? What was it about? What was it about? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So the Lord Jesus explained the Bible concerning himself. So he said, look at that, what it says in Deuteronomy, what it says in Isaiah, what it says in Malachi, what it says here and there. He expounded unto them in all the scriptures. He is everywhere in in the entire Bible. So that's the picture you need. In Christ, God reveals himself, reveals himself sufficiently. So that's why we don't need those images. And what do we, what images do we see in the Bible? Just a few examples. There are many of them. Just a few pictures of the Lord Jesus. So that you have no use for other other scriptures, for, for, for other images. And also to motivate you to read the Bible. Because the Bible is all about Jesus. In all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Also, read the Bible that way. Read the Bible that way with questions like, what does it tell, me, tell, tell, tell about me and about God and about Jesus, about salvation? Ask questions. For example, the image of his names. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, the angel said to Joseph. For he shall save his people from their sins. That's such a beautiful image, isn't it? The name Jesus is just a beautiful name, a beautiful picture of what he is. It means something great. He shall save his people from their sins to take it all away. So look at that picture, that he saves his people and takes the sins away. He does not keep them on them. He takes them away from them. Think of his humble birth. And the word was flesh, was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace. And truth is filled up with it. It's, it's all grace, full grace, full of grace and truth in the Lord Jesus. So find him in the Bible. Start tonight, if you don't. And also, he may belong to God's people, also to keep it up, to, to persevere, to advance, to decrease yourself so that he might increase. Think of his offices. For example, his high priestly office. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, that is hold fast our profession. He is such a special high priest, sacrificing his own blood, making intercession at the right hand of the Father. There's so much to know about him. The whole Bible is filled with that. Think of his state of humiliation and being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. So when you go through the Bible, it's so many pictures. Just find the pictures. Collect the pictures. Remember the pictures. Ask the Lord for the application that might be brought into your, to your heart, to your, to your attention, that, that you may love it and be humble by it, rejoice in it, have peace by it. 
Have hope through it. Have joy in that. He is your willing Savior. I should have quoted the text this morning. Isaiah 53, verse 7, he was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, right? He opened not his mouth. He's brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before a sheep is done, so he opened not his mouth. So willing, willing for his father, willing for justice, willing for his people, willing for himself. Read the Bible. It's not boring. And consider what heaven will be like. Heaven will be like to see God's face, face to face. Blessed are the pure in heart. They will see God to meet with him. Images? Ridiculous. What are people doing with images in the church? What do you need them for? Absolutely obsolete. Nonsense. Offensive. They're standing in the way. They distract the people. From the real image. God will be all in all. And if we know grace, then we'll be satisfied with his image. Satisfied. Overwhelmed. Filled up. Having enough. Being so happy with it. So plead, I plead with you, read the Bible. Not only young people. Not only young people. There are older ones still who are hard to read the Bible. They will testify against you. That you did not seek. That you, did not, that you were not interested. And your blood will be on your head. And you have to face God like that. And you have to defend yourself and tell God why. You hardly read the Bible. And the Lord will not be pleased with that. And then it's eternity. And no Bible. No Bible. The rich man said, oh, tell, tell the people that, that this is so serious. And the Lord Jesus said, even if I would, I would send an angel from heaven, they would not repent. But they have Moses and the prophets that should do it. Dear congregation, I want you to be humbled and to find peace and to find forgiveness and to find true joy. And there is absolutely no other way but by reading the Bible. It's not, a, it's not an option. It is more important than our necessary food. Amen.